Welcome to Ag Vic Talk, keeping you up to date with information from Agriculture Victoria. 20 years ago, three brothers from India's Punjab region arrived in Australia. For them, it was a journey that took them first to New Zealand, then Renmark, before they finally established themselves as farmers in Sunraysia. Perhaps farming was inevitable, as it was literally in their blood. They are from a caste that's been producing food for India for countless generations. However, the land in this corner of Victoria is vastly different from what they grew up with. That, though, has been anything but an impediment. Two decades on, they're involved in horticulture, feedlotting, broadacre cropping, and are now even stone milling local grain. It's a remarkable story of success that is attributable as much to hard work as it is to support from the local community, industry bodies and government. To find out more, I'm joined in the AgVic Talk studio by son of one of the brothers, Aman Grewal. Aman, thanks for your time. Thank you, Drew, for having me on here today. Aman, tell me about your farm. Where is it and what do you farm? We're located in northwest Victoria in the Sinrasia and Millaway area. Our main operations are in Lake Carl Lorraine, so it's about 50 kilometres out of Mildura, and we do cereal cropping and we also do horticulture crops, so like the general broadacre crops of wheat, along with almonds, grapes, citrus developing that now, and also doing uh, a few types of berries as well. Aman, the farming enterprises were started up by your dad and his brothers, I understand. Yeah, Drew. So uh, there's, there's three brothers in the family and they've they've started up the farming operations at Carl Lorraine. Initially, we were in Renmark, just over the border. Started off with a small farming operation there. And then a few years later, we sort of grew out into our larger operations at Carl Lorraine, which is our base at the moment, doing our various cropping there and then uh, expanding into the milling part of the business as well. We'll drill down into that a little bit further in a moment, Raman, but your accent's arguably thicker than mine. You grew up in Australia, but your dad and his brothers didn't know, I understand. Yeah, Drew. The family started to migrate from Punjab in 1988 and they first migrated to New Zealand doing various uh, operations there, from restaurants to grocery stores, and then eventually making the move to Australia in 2000. It was all well in, in New Zealand, but coming from a farming background, farming was still in the blood. There was something that the, that the boys wanted to come back to. So we had some family in Renmark, and that sort of led us to um, moving to Renmark. And I was, I was actually born in New Zealand, but I was only a year old when we moved to Australia, so I've, I've pretty much been raised here for all of my life, yeah. You said farming's in the blood. And literally, though, that's the way it works in Punjab in terms of that's pretty much what your family generations before did, if I understand correct. Yeah, Drew. So in Punjab, it's it's all farming, and that's where the households live off of farming is, is what they do and what they know of. And as, as long as I know, all of our generations have been doing farming. I guess farming is, is in our blood. We've, we've been doing it for generations and here we are doing it today as well. Well, you are doing it today. And indeed, it's been a story of remarkable growth from landing in Australia only back in 2001. Yeah, Drew. So um, always working hard, 
working towards their goals. I guess working as a family with many members, it's really been helpful. And I think that's the main reason why we've got where we are today. Well, clearly you're all very hard workers. From what I understand, you're working long days full-time in the family business whilst also studying for a master's in business administration. Yeah, Drew. So I've done my undergraduate in agribusiness and marketing. Yeah, so I just wanted to sort of come back to the family operation and come back into the farm. And then I started doing a master's at MBA, so finishing that off now. Yeah, I think it's always good to sort of work and study at the same time I think you get to implement what you're learning in the real world experiences. And I think it's great to come back into the family business, to keep it alive, keep it going, especially in in regional towns like where we are. Young people tend to go to the cities and that's where they get settled. So yeah, I think it's good to sort of come back to our roots and grow where we are. Now, Aman, in terms of that growth and what the family's managed to build, how have you been assisted in that process in terms of information and resources that have helped your family develop? You know, you're farming different land compared to what they were farming back in Punjab. So have you been assisted by certain resources and programs to help do that? Yeah, Drew, so there are various sources that are around. I think you just have to reach out to them as well. There are many industry bodies that are more than willing to help and they've got programs that sort of help growers to develop and innovate what they're doing. Just to sort of put out a few examples, like with the almonds, you've got the Australian Almond Board, um, you've got here locally with the wine grapes, uh, Murray Valley Wine Grapes, Citrus Australia. So organisations such as these, they help out with different aspects of growing. They've also got these programs and events that you just got to regularly attend and they're really helpful. You've also got some government bodies like the DPI, Department of Primary Industries, Agriculture Victoria. These these government bodies also provide a lot of support as well and there's funding available and, and training opportunities as, as well for those in the industry. Has the family been able to do courses which have helped them get their head around things like irrigation or benchmarking stuff? Yeah, definitely um, on how to improve your f- efficiency through irrigation or how to increase your efficiency and, and, and effectiveness, I guess. And also with I- irrigation programs, how to irrigate at what times and when to do it. So there, there are various programs out there that, that also help with chemicals and fertilisers, what to use, when to use them and what the benefits are. So yeah, there are, there are a heap of um, programs out there. I think you've just got to keep looking for them and I guess ask people, people that have been in the industry, people that have been in the farming, just ask them, hey, I've got this problem, can you guys help me out? They'll help you or, or they'll point you in the right direction. Aman, how important is it to be looking for different market opportunities? You know, you've got land, you might want to use it for something, but maybe you can't. And then you're going to have to look at, well, how can we use it? So how important is it to be looking at different market opportunities with the resources you do have? Yeah, Drew. So our resources, obviously, they're they're limited. So it's always good to be looking out for new opportunities that are out there. So with the land, certain land is suitable for certain crops. Other land may not be suitable for it. So that's where you got to think outside the square what else can be done on that land. So like the, the land that's not suitable for almonds, you can use it for citrus or 
grapes or whatever it may be. Um, you, can, you can also go back to the cereal cropping of, of wheat. We've also set up uh, feedlots on the land that is not used for any, anything else. So it's always looking for how best you can utilise the resources that you have. It's always good to sort of look outside the square and see what we can do best with what we have. We certainly are looking outside the square with that sort of range of commodities that you're producing. But you've also gone into value adding, I understand. Your dad and his brothers, they started Golden Grain Mills. What is it and why did they do that? So Golden Grain Mills is another segment of our business. So we do different types of flours, wheat flour, You've got your chickpeas, maize, gluten-free. We also do feed parts as well for stock feed. We started this operation in 2009. This was after the drought that we had. As you would know, with times of drought, it's always tough for everyone. We, we came up with the idea of, of setting up a mill. We've got our own grain and we needed to value add to it to sort of get through those tough times, I guess. And here we are, we're supplying throughout Australia and New Zealand and looking for different market opportunities as well and expanding our business. So Aman, what's particularly unique then about the product that Golden Grain Mills is producing? Our wheat that we're milling is grown in the Millawa area, so that's something unique. It's all grown locally. But other than that, the most important part is that we use the traditional method of stone grinding. So we use stone to grind the flour, so from the grain to flour. So this is, I guess, a unique point of difference that we have. So this is a slower process, a process that tries to preserve the natural goodness of the grain within the flour. So Aman, what's the market demand for that then? What sort of people are buying Golden Grain Mills product? We've got a few different market segments that we've targeted, but this is mostly because we're from Punjab and India, uh, you use a lot of stone ground flour in their cooking. So this was initially started off for the Indian market because there wasn't anything else similar in the market when we took off. But since then, over the years, it's evolved. People are becoming more conscious about their health and consumer demands, I guess, are changing as well. So we've managed to get into different market segments, even into the mainstream market. It's a great example, Aman, of, well, how do we create a revenue stream during a drought? And now it sounds like it's become quite a big part of the family business. Yeah, so um, this is a significant part of the family business. Um, as I was saying before, we've We've been expanding over the years and the best part is that we get to grow the grain and also process it so we've got that whole chain that we're looking after and we get to supply the market, the community with some great products. Is a good part also, Aman, working with your family? Yeah, it's absolutely great working with the family, helping out. So it's definitely um, great to sort of support each other and, and keep going. Aman, your family's got a great story in terms of coming to the region and what you've built. Where do you see the future in the Mallee for your family from here on in? The whole family is involved and the future generations, they're also getting involved in the family operations. And the Mallee area has been absolutely great for us over time. 
we've built our relations with the people here, which has been absolutely great. So I, I think there's a long-term future that, that we see in horticulture and in this area of, of the world, I guess. I, I think there's a bright future ahead for the family in, in horticulture. Aman, it certainly does sound like the family's got a great future there and the region's also benefiting from all the work that your family and you are doing. Thank you for taking time and joining me in the AgVic Talk studio today. Thanks, Drew. Thanks for having me on here today. Thank you for listening to AgVic Talk. For more episodes in this series, find us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to hear your feedback, so please leave a comment or rating and share this series with your friends and family. All information is accurate at the time of release. Contact Agriculture Victoria or your consultant before making any changes on farm. This podcast was developed by Agriculture Victoria, authorised by the Victorian Government Melbourne.